I can't write a book. I'm not a good writer. I can't pass that test. I can't start that podcast. I can't be an actor. I can't be an actress. No, you can't write now. But you can if you put in work. And it's everything here is yet. There is so much room for growth, so much room for improvement. We are here to clear that corrosion like we talked about, to get better and to stop holding ourselves back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, weekly Next Level University live podcast for week number 77. That blows my mind that we're 77 weeks in. We are going to talk today about how we hold ourselves back. So first thing I want to say is Alan and I have coached many individuals. We've spoken to many individuals. We've been coached by a lot of amazing people. And at the end of the day, the biggest thing holding me back is usually myself. We used to ask Evan Carmichael at the end of every call of like, hey, from your perspective, what can we do better to grow? And it was always... Actually, the question was, what do you see as our greatest bottleneck? And he would always say, you, yourselves. Like, you guys are always going to be the bottlenecks to your growth. And it was like, okay, interesting. And we started to ask Dave Meltzer the same thing. And Dave would always say, he would literally laugh and say, like, you guys. It's always you. You guys are the bottleneck to your success. And Dave also says it in this way. When you decide you want something, like, in the future, it's created. And then it's your job to clear the corrosion. It's your job to get rid of the junk that's holding you back, whether it's negative relationships, negative self-talk, bad habits, whatever it may be. So at the end of the day, we are all holding ourselves back in some way, shape, or form. Alan and myself included, the team, everybody is. And we're just trying to limit that in some regard, whatever level that is. I think the key here, like Kevin mentioned, you are already connected to your goals and dreams to some extent, but it's you who needs to change and adapt and evolve in order to achieve them. So the very first point we've got here is that you don't have enough grit. So we have a book club. It's called Next Level Book Club. Every single Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we meet, and it's grown a lot. We've got, I think we had 13 or 14 people live last time. One of my clients from Australia literally stays up until 2.30 a.m. on a Saturday to attend because I'm pretty sure they're way in advance. Um, But on this book club, we're reading a book called uh, The Art of Impossible. We've interviewed Stephen Kotler, the author, and there's a chapter, chapter six, and it's on grit. And it's the longest chapter in the book so far. And he goes through what he calls grit skills. And so my first, you know, Kevin came up with this topic and it's, how we are all holding ourselves back. The very first thing I'm going to say to everyone right now is what I said to everybody in book club is maybe you just don't have enough grit. So what is grit? Grit is your ability, in my opinion, to do the hard and necessary things to achieve your goals, even and most especially when you don't want to do them. The example that I used was Saturday night, this past Saturday. It was, I think, 7 p.m. I left the studio. 
I ended up going to the gym um, after I took my dog out and I went to the gym and it was 9 p.m. And I told Kevin this earlier too. It was Saturday night, 9 p.m. And I went in and I did foam rolling for 10 minutes while listening to a motivational video. I did an additional 20 minutes of what we uh, refer to as Ramwad. It's an app on your phone for long form stretching mobility. I put out a yoga mat and did 20 minutes after foam rolling. Then I ran a mile. Um, and then I did 40 minutes of weight training. This is 9 p.m. on a Saturday night, and I'm alone in a dark room foam rolling, listening to a motivational video. I did not want to be there. Another great way to explain grit is this. Muhammad Ali said, I hated every early morning workout, but I absolutely loved being world champion. So I don't care who you are or where you're from or what your background is. If you do not have grit, you will not be as successful as you could be. And in book club, I did this. I said, I want everyone to be honest with themselves. Okay. From zero to 10, how much grit do you believe you have? Be honest. Some people said three, some people said four, some people said seven. I said, okay, I want you to look at that number. I want you to look at that number. Okay. That's the level of success you will get to. And then I used Amy as an example. When I first met Amy, when we first met Amy several years ago, three and a half years ago now, she had much less grit than she does now. Her and I worked all day yesterday, full Sunday from 11 a.m. to literally all the way into the evening, work, work, work. I think we took a couple breaks. Okay, she has more grit than she's ever had, aka she will have more success in the future than she's ever had before, and she does. Um, at one point, she was too scared to talk to a stranger at the mall. Kevin tells that story often. And now she's literally going to be asking your questions on this live. And then this is going to be on YouTube globally. So at one point, afraid to ask about a product in the mall and now able to do all this. And it's because of grit over time. So how gritty are you? How many grit skills do you have? And um, check in on that number. So a lot of you may know that last week or the week before, whenever it was, I was up in Maine and Taryn and I got engaged while we were up there. And I basically eliminated my calendar and didn't do almost anything in terms of calls. I still did some work, but not a lot. But I had a call with a very big potential client. And Alan and I are really leaning into business and we are a, a multi six-figure business now, which is great, but we're we understand at a deep level that the more income we have, the more impact we can have also. So that's something we're very focused on. And this client is a potential $10,000 a month client. And during our talk, I said, what do you think I could have done better here to help you build certainty to make sure all of this makes sense to you? And he said, Kev, I know you guys are extremely consistent because I know you and I've seen the work you do. I just don't necessarily understand the other steps. So what he's saying is, I don't understand how you guys do the podcast stuff. I know you do all the podcast stuff for me, but what does that actually look like? I don't understand the behind the scenes. And I was like, okay, not everybody understands the podcast thing like I do. I went to Alan and I said, hey, we need to create some sort of presentation for this person. And I'm going to present it to him so he has a certain level of awareness and he has certainty moving forward. I had another call. I gave the presentation and he said, honestly, this is exactly what I was looking for. This is amazing. You win. I'm all in on working with you. What people don't do is they don't necessarily search for external feedback. 
And that's what I did. I said, hey, what could I have done better? At the end of the call, after this was all done, I actually said, because this person was on another call with me when I was talking to a potential client, I said, what do you think I could have done better there? Like, just be honest with me. Give me feedback. And he said, if you had a presentation like this, you would have gotten that client. I, I know that for me, it was difficult. And that was something that held me back, not asking for feedback. And I think it's like that with most people. But if you believe you can do something constructive, feedback becomes possibility. If you find yourself hiding from external feedback, you are holding yourself back from a world of possibilities, things that you don't even realize yet. Alan gives me hard feedback all the time. I give Alan hard feedback all the time. Particularly from the people who want to see you win, it's not going to be as painful as you think, especially if you believe you can do something with it. So I think that's a, that's a giant way that people are holding themselves back. They're avoiding valuable feedback that they could really make productive. One thing I just want to say about feedback real quick is something Kevin and I heard a while ago, and we talk a lot about this. <clears throat> the reason Netflix is such a great go-to for comfort is because there's no feedback. You can sit in front of Netflix and you can eat snacks and you can watch a show and you can simulate emotions and thinking. You can simulate achievement without actually having any risk to yourself. The character goes through and grows through all those adventures. Okay, I use The Hobbit as an example. I love that movie. Simple. And The Hobbit goes off on this huge grand adventure and gets in all these dangerous circumstances and risks his life. And we get to simulate those experiences without any actual risk to ourselves, without having to look in the mirror of whether or not we're successful or whether or not we're hardworking or whether or not we have grit or whether or not we're seeking external feedback. And so Netflix has no feedback. But the actors in the shows, when they watch them, they're like, oh, wow, I said that line wrong. Oh, I didn't pause enough there. I wasn't really embodying that character in that moment. Right? Imagine you watching uh, a Netflix show versus the main actor watching that same show. The main actor watching that show, it's going to be painful for them or really pleasurable depending on how well they did. But many of the actors that I've studied, like Matthew McConaughey, he wrote a book called Green Lights. And he talks about how you ha can't just dissect your failures. You got to also dissect your successes. Because when you watch your own movies, it can be really hard because that's feedback. When we watch our own podcast, it's really challenging. See, you all right now are watching us, but you're not critiquing every little word I'm saying, how I'm saying it, whether or not I said um, or I paused, or I said okay, or whereas Kevin and I, we're looking at it from a very different frame. We're looking at it in terms of the skills and the way in which we delivered it. So I just wanted to add that. What's holding you back? You don't think long-term enough. This is a big one for me. Um, when Kevin and I wanted to do this, we have like sort of a, a whole prep up here on the big screen behind me. And I jumped on this one. And the reason why is because I do think this is something that I've always had. I've always think, thought very long-term ever since I was a little kid. And I do realize that not everyone thinks long-term. A lot of people value right now um, a lot more than they do the long-term. And I was talking to Kevin uh, recently, and it was before that big call with that client that he just described, that potential client. And I said, Kev, to be honest with you, you know, take a deep breath because all the most of the hard work is done. And what I said to him via text, I said, whether or not we get this client, whether or not you get this client has very little to do with what you do right now. 
it actually has a lot to do with what we've done up to this point. Okay. And I actually prefaced this with an interesting little quip that I think would be valuable here about thinking long-term. I said, if Bill Gates buys a yacht today, Kev, it has nothing to do with what he did today. It has everything to do with what he's built. Microsoft coding DOS in 1992 by himself. Right. And so just understand that your today is becoming invested into your future and everything is an aggregation. Kobe Bryant talks about how some of the drills that he did when he was six years old benefited him during his fifth NBA championship. But we don't think like that because we're thinking so, so short term. He also talks about one summer. He didn't score a single point. He was 13 years old. He had moved from Italy to the U.S. and he was in a really competitive league that many of the greats are in. And he didn't score a single point. This is the Kobe Bryant, the best basketball player to ever live, arguably, other than Michael Jordan and a couple others. Didn't score a single point for an entire summer when he was 13. And he decided, I'm going to think long term. He decided, I'm going to work on my left hand, not just my right. I'm going to sure up my weaknesses. And then two, three, four years later, he was the best in the country because he started thinking long-term and he also grew a bunch um, once he hit puberty. And that's a whole nother story. But the point is this, is if he was thinking short-term when he didn't score a single point, not, not a run layup, not a lucky jump shot, not a hook shot, nothing, not a single point, he could have easily decided, oh, I must not, basketball must not be for me. I'm not any good. Instead, he decided the opposite. He decided I'm going to work on myself. And two, three, four, five years later, I'm going to be better than everyone on this court. And all I'm saying is that if you're out there listening to this, you don't think long-term enough. Very last thing on this point, not a single person, I said this in book club, not a single person in book club can do the splits right now. As a matter of fact, Sarah actually rose her hand. She's like, I can. And I'm like, ah, you're messing up. Uh, okay, no one but Sarah can do the splits right now. But I guarantee you, if every one of us practiced for a full year, every single day, Every single one of us could do the splits. See, that's long-term thinking. But what most people do is they go, I can't do the splits. I can't write a book. I'm not a good writer. I can't pass that test. I can't start that podcast. I can't be an actor. I can't be an actress. No, you can't write now. But you can if you put in work. Very little is impossible given a decade. That's Stephen Kotler quote from that same book. You done? Yeah, man. I thought that was just a uh, like a dramatic pause. Long pause. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Thank you, man. So, so no, two I'm things. Good. Number one, if you want to go viral, not you, but somebody watching this, time lapse a video of you practicing the splits every day and going from not being able to do them to do them. I think somebody did on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure it was quite a big hit. And then number two, Alan, I am waiting on my growth spurt. I'm expecting to be six foot seven by this time next year. So I do believe that there for me, there is a a future in the NBA. <laughs> I would say, I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, so one of the things that I have, I think Alan has something on this, but I remember thinking back to when Alan and I were at episode number 100 and I think we were doing one or two episodes a week. So we were probably podcasting consistently for a year or a year and a half. And I remember Alan and I thinking like, why aren't we more successful why aren't we famous and why is nobody listening to our podcast? And then it's easy now to look back. We're in a dark room with a black backdrop 
on YouTube with no, like no video, when we're interviewing people, we were listening to them through our cell phone. So there was no video of these people on YouTube. There was no reason for us to even be on YouTube because it was just us listening intently to somebody through a cell phone. And we wondered why we weren't successful or famous or the next level. We were in group coaching recently or a couple months ago. And somebody said, one of my limiting beliefs is I'm not good enough. And I said, I mean this with all the love in the world, but what if that's not a limiting belief? What if that's just a hard truth that you're not good enough yet? Alan and I at episode 100 were not good enough to have a, a six-figure business. We weren't good enough yet to have the amount of clients that we currently have, to have it a 11 or 10 or 12-person team, whatever we have at this point. We weren't good enough to be heard in 100 plus countries. And again, it's not about us. The point I'm making here is... If your skill does not, or if your expectations are greater than your skill, you're holding yourself back because you might quit. You might say, well, I'm not meant for this, like Alan said earlier, or you might take a different route. If we quit at 100 episodes, you wouldn't be watching this because we weren't doing this. I don't even know if StreamYard existed three or four, like three years ago. You know, and it's it's just one of those things of... Oftentimes, it's almost like there's two, honestly, I could have made two points with this probably. You're holding yourself back because your expectations and your skills aren't aligned from the aspect of your skills aren't good enough to get you your expectations or you're better than you realize. Some people out there right now watching this, and I can think of a handful, are actually better than they realize. So that means their skill doesn't match their expectations in terms of they think it's going to go worse than it actually will. So you could be on either end of that. I think most people are on one end or the other, but I think that's an important distinction. Uh, we wouldn't be here today if we asked ourselves, why aren't we successful? And we didn't come to, well, maybe we're just not talented enough yet. And if everything here is yet, there is so much room for growth, so much room for improvement. We are here to clear that corrosion like we talked about to get better and to stop holding ourselves back uh one thing that's important to note as well if you're out out there watching or listening to this right now like this isn't this isn't necessarily as entertaining as netflix it's definitely not it's definitely not there's some good shows on netflix i know some good stuff and i'm not you know? i'm not picking on netflix i i watch netflix as well but there's a remember there's a difference between feeling good and then getting good it didn't feel good to be unsuccessful for so long, but we were getting better every single time. And so I wanted to take everyone through this quickly. The first 20 episodes of the Hyperconscious Podcast, Oof. throwback. It was throwback. good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we're in Kevin's living room. The first 10 were actually up in New Hampshire, and then the, the other 10 were in a different living room in Worcester. The first 200 from 20, episode 20 all the way to 200 was in my sister's old room that she grew up in. The From 200 to 450, we were in the basement of my mother's home. Then from 450 to 750, coming up on 750, we have the studio. And now actually um, my home studio, Emilia and I got a new home. Uh, Kevin and Taryn moved up to New Hampshire. We're actually creating home studios and we actually just purchased a new camera today uh, that's going to be coming to my home and you'll see that studio. 
But remember, if you saw us at episode 100, I guarantee you that you would have thought that we had a terrible backdrop and you would have thought that we were unsuccessful. But here's what I think is really critical. Would we have gotten here if we didn't go through and grow through that unsuccessful time? And again, this goes back to the short-term thinking thing. If we were thinking short-term of we're unsuccessful, we would never have gotten to here. We would never get to the point where we have home offices and new places and you know, be able to afford bigger, better, nicer cameras. For the longest time, we used and relied on a camera that one of my mentors donated to us. That's the camera I'm on right now, right? We bootstrapped our way to a multi-six-figure business. And that's the tough, gritty stuff, long-term thinking that not everybody's willing to go through and grow through. But it's absolutely critical. A shameless plug too. These guys are the absolute real deal. For anyone who's listening to this, Kevin and Alan are the realest guys. They're going to go so far and they're so early in their journey still because I just know how far they have to go. And everything that they teach, everything that they preach and they're doing is the same exact stuff top of the top guys are doing. They literally have mimicked it to a T. So I absolutely shameless plug for those guys. They have all the greatest intentions to just simply help people grow and want to accomplish their dreams. And so I absolutely just want to want to say that and, and, and let you guys know that you guys are doing an incredible job with everything that you guys are doing for just the, the community that you guys are building. And, you know, I love to see it. And, you know, I can't wait to be able to do more stuff with you guys. All right. Number three. For my points, we've got 10 points here. But the third one for me is that you don't have enough self-trust, again, yet. All of these are yets. You don't have enough grit yet, but it can be built. You don't think long-term enough yet, but you can work on that. You can practice it. You don't have enough self-trust yet. I was on the phone with a client, and I basically was transparent. And I said, have you ever been consistent before? Have you ever been really, really consistent? And she's like, honestly, no, I've always struggled with consistency. I said, okay, you hired me. Do you believe that I'm more or less consistent than you? She said, way more. I said, okay, I'm not good at a lot of things. I am so bad at so many things, cars, gardening, cooking. I don't know anything and I'm just not good. Okay. But I'm really good at being consistent. So can you please give me permission as your coach, to help you set you up for success. I want to set you up. You know what? Let me rephrase that. I want to set you up for consistency because consistency will bring success. So instead of set you up for success, no, let me just set you up for consistency when really underneath that deep, deep, deep down, she just needs self-trust. You want to know why you don't believe in yourself enough? Because you don't trust yourself enough. And you know why you don't trust yourself enough? Because you haven't proven to yourself that you can be consistent. I have a client right now who just surpassed her 34th day in a row of writing three paragraphs a day for her new blog. 34 days in a row, three paragraphs a day. I'm so freaking proud of her. I know very few people, and I'm going to be transparent. I know very few people who can write three paragraphs a day every single day for 34 days. I get more and more impressed every single day. She actually texted me, uh, WhatsApp messaged me yesterday. She said, I'm actually on a cruise. I'm still writing it, but I won't be able to send it to you because we have bad Wi-Fi. And I don't know where she is, but wherever it is, it's bad Wi-Fi. And I said, don't worry, just send me them 
the PDFs when you get back in Wi-Fi. She's on a cruise on vacation, still writing her three paragraphs. You want to be a successful author? Awesome. Can you write every day? If the answer is no, you're never going to trust yourself enough to believe in yourself. Focus on consistency. Trust will come. When trust comes, you'll believe in yourself more and you'll set bigger goals and then let that snowball. So I want to tie into what Alan said of his second point. Alan and I now are going on a lot of other podcasts. Uh, Shout out to Amy and Sarah for taking care of that for us, the best in the world. And one of the questions, so let me just preface it with this. Not a lot of people, believe it or not, are full-time podcasters who make money with their podcasts and just that's their full-time job. And when I go on other shows, I'm sure Alan gets this too, I'll tell people my story and how I was suicidal and how I was making six figures and how I just left my job behind. And they say, well, how did you make money? Like when you quit your job, how did you make money as a podcaster? And I always say this, honestly, I want to be transparent. I want to be real. I didn't make money for two or two and a half years. It took a long time to make money. I put myself $30,000 into credit card debt to make sure that I could stay afloat. Uh, Alan and I went to California. I fronted a lot of it, just threw it on the credit card. A lot of the equipment we needed, I just threw it on my credit card. I put myself into a fair amount of debt to get to where we are today. A lot of people, and again, I wouldn't suggest anybody do that, so don't do that, but it does make my point. A lot of people are holding themselves back because they are only basing what's possible off of their current reality not other possibilities. See, if I only believed that I was $30,000 in debt and I was going to be stuck there forever, I never would have taken that chance. Alan and I never would have gone to California to see Brendan Burchard on my credit card. I didn't have any money. That was all credit card, the rental car, the hotels, all of that stuff. If I only made my decisions based on what I thought was possible in that moment, my current reality, again, we wouldn't be here Today, a lot of what you're seeing is Alan and I have done a massive, massive amount of work on getting rid of a lot of the limitations that we put on ourselves. And that's just one thing. It's just one example where you might be at a pivot point in your life right now where you can make a courageous decision, but you're thinking, well, I don't know. I don't think this is going to pay off. It might not, but it definitely won't pay off if you don't take the chance. Now, don't quit your job and put yourself $30,000 into credit card debt. But do have the audacity to make that courageous decision and understand that you create your own possibilities. Again, 750 episodes, I didn't think was possible. Getting paid a couple thousand dollars to speak, I didn't think was possible. I knew us being quote unquote successful was, and that's why I took the chance. But if I didn't use my imagination, we wouldn't be here. And none of those things would have happened for me. So if that's something that you're doing to hold yourself back, just start untethering that little by little. You don't have to go quit your job, but something courageous is a good place to start. I also want to bring this into, um, if you're out there and you feel like you have to do it all by yourself, I think that's a limiting belief as well. Mm. I've come across that a a few times lately. Uh, I know my beautiful girlfriend, Emilia, struggled with that. I remember I was reading some affirmations on her one of her whiteboards in her bathroom. And um, it said self-made. 
And I said, sweetheart, I, I think that it's important to eliminate that self-made part. I understand why you have it there, but you know, I didn't pave the roads to get to the studio. I didn't build this building that the studio's in. I didn't, you know, we didn't create the internet. We didn't create StreamYard, right? So I think that the self-made thing is a is a subconscious limiting belief of like we have to do it alone. And we all want to be self-reliant. I mean, let's be honest, right? We we want to be self-reliant. We we don't want to have to lean on anyone else for our own success, but you know, the mentors and coaches We've, we've been supported by the team, you know, the, the fact that this camera was lended to us, right? It's just important to realize that, yeah, uh, early on, Kevin didn't believe maybe 750 episodes was possible, but he did believe we could be successful. I just want to say this too. I think that because Kevin believed in more than just himself, I think he believed in me as well. For sure. And I think he, he believed that um, I knew what we were doing. And, and he bet on that. He bet on that. And that bet has really continued to pay off in many ways. Um, and I'll let him speak to that. But we bet on ourselves. The 30 grand in debt, we bet on ourselves because we trusted and believed in what we were doing. And we also believed that we were would will we would be willing to work hard enough to where we'd make it work. Go ahead. I was gonna say, or I was gonna I was debating on ch- maybe changing my name and and moving to somewhere. To Mexico. Wherever wherever I I could get. I just want to add quickly to to that. Um, I think another way we hold ourselves back, and this is something I've really worked very, very, very hard on, is we don't use humility to our benefit. I've been practicing this for a long time because, yes, and we're going to get like very transparent here because I love it. I may have created the hyperconscious podcast that it may have been my thing but a lot of the success i have is due to alan's vision and foresight and i am practicing extreme humility now because when we are multi-millionaires and we are where we're headed i don't want to have to hide it and say like yeah i did this all by myself like i i just think if more people had the ability to show that humility and I think a lot of it is like, you have to be okay with understanding that you didn't do it all yourself. And that's totally fine. That takes work. But having that humility, I think, brings you into rooms that you never get in. And it eliminates this. It eliminates a lot of the ways we hold ourselves back because it, it gives us new opportunities. So if you're out there and you find yourself struggling to be humble and, and struggling to show humility, you're definitely holding yourself back in some way, shape, or form. Now, again, there's almost two sides to every one of these coins that we're talking about, you also might be too humble. You might also not be able or willing to take credit for what you deserve. And that's also holding you back. So this is definitely a very mirror heavy episode in terms of raising a mirror to what is holding you back, but that's what you tuned in for. And as always, it's with love, it's heart driven, but it's no BS. And you know, I want to take us behind the curtain. Next level you, Kevin talked to me earlier about like, why are people in the room? And he said, if they're in the room to grow, just give them the truth because that's what's going to help them grow. And so that's what we do. We're here at next level you, next level version of you. This next one's a big mirror. Your awareness isn't high enough. That's that's the God honest truth. Um, I, I can give a bunch of examples. The one that I'm going to give is there's a, a close friend of mine who's become a close friend, wonderful human being, unbelievable person, like And she wants to have much more financial security and financial independence and financial success. And she actually booked a call with me recently 
to work on finances. I said, there's three master skills to finances. We've done episodes on that, so I'm not going to go into it. But I wanted to give her behind the scenes of like, how do we actually do it? How did we actually get out of debt? How did we actually make a profitable global business? And I took her behind the scenes and I said, the truth of the matter is, is that this goal that you've told me you want, this lifestyle that you've told me you want is not possible from my perspective with your current level of awareness. And I said, you want to be wealthy. You want to have financial freedom, but you don't study wealth. I said, how many financial books have you read? I knew the answer. Zero. I said, with kindness, ask me the same question. She said, how many financial books have you read? I said, dozens. See, you can't be wealthy and not study wealth. You can't be fit and not study fitness. You can't be in an amazing relationship without studying relationships. Now, you can if you get lucky, but don't go off that. Don't go off luck. And this person told me that 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 call blew their mind. And they're like, why didn't we learn this in school? I'm like, I know. It took me till my master's degree at one of the top tier technical institutions on the planet to learn about this. And even then we didn't focus on it that much. And that's what I said. And I said, I said, we don't learn about this in school, but these are the three master skills of finance. And this is how it actually works. And I'm going to, I'm going to make it simple for you so that, because remember complexity is the enemy of execution. If it's not simple, you won't do it. And if you don't do it, you won't be wealthy. And so Kevin and I will be wealthy. It's a matter of time, but it's not because we're better than anyone. It's because we studied wealth, consistently and sustainably studied wealth. I don't brag about all the financial books I've read. I say it so that I can implore others to study wealth because that's when I finally started to really get it. So whatever you want to master, study it. And the truth of the matter is, this is how we hold ourselves back. Every one of you is holding yourself back. And here's how. Your awareness isn't high enough. If you want to be fit, but you don't know how many calories are in a banana, go figure that out. Google it. 120 calories. You, you can't make good decisions without a deeper understanding. And I really wish that, that we were taught that from a young age. If you want great things in life, you got to study great things. you got to study how to achieve these things. You have, to, you have to know how the economy works. You have to know how banks work. You have to know how real estate works, commercial and residential. You have to understand the micro and macro economics of how this world works. And if you don't, you're always going to be a, a victim of the system rather than someone who is in charge of their own destiny. You're fired up there. I do get fired up about that, man. Yeah, fired up there. All right, so we're Gotta not probably it. we're probably not going to get our bonuses unless we hammer them. There's only so much. Alan and I before these we mastermind and figure out like, okay, what are the most valuable points we can bring to the listeners that join us live and the listeners who listen to the replay after? And this one I thought I think might be the most important. As you get to understand and you get to know human beings, you realize something very quickly. Some people are holding themselves back by holding on to the people who are holding them back. They have relationship, relationships with people and they convince themselves that they're the best in the world. They convince themselves that this relationship is amazing and this person has my best interests at hand and they love me for me and they're super supportive and they're patient and they're focused on growth and it's just the person for me. Or maybe they aren't willing to admit that maybe their families are somewhat toxic and 
that's a bottleneck for them. I think this one more than any, because we are human beings, we surround ourselves with human beings, right? Like Alan and I are spending a lot of time. We've literally have been on Zoom with each other since 11 a.m. today. <laughs> so we've been on Zoom with each other for 7, 1130 because Alan was running behind. <laughs> but it's an important, it's an important <laughs> distinction of we're human beings and we're social creatures. And if you're not improving your relationships, you're probably not going to be able to improve yourself that much. Think about it. If you're watching this live, if you're listening to the replay, think right now out of all of the relationships that you have in your life, how many of those people are helping you get to the next level? How many people are holding you back from getting to the next level? The biggest shift you could make today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, this lifetime is start switching those. Less people holding you back, more people pulling you, pushing you, propelling you forward. It's a completely different life. So yes, we're holding ourselves back, but a lot of us are more concerned with being lonely than we are having toxic people in our life. And again, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I've been through this. That's why I am very passionate about this. Like Alan was micro and macro economics, not something I have studied a ton in my day, <laughs> but understand that we are human beings. We're going to have relationships just because we have relationships does not mean we're going to have fulfilling, positive, multiplying relationships. So we're 37 minutes and 20 seconds in. Do I have time to hammer my bonus quick? I would fast. I would hammer it quickly. Super fast. Like one minute. One minute. All right. This will be a challenge. This will be a challenge. My last point was this. Perfect is silly. Get rid of it. This idea of perfect is so stupid. Progress is everything. Okay. No one's perfect. No one ever will be perfect. There's no point in even trying to be perfect. Michael Jordan never had a perfect basketball game. He just got better at basketball. And he had better games than the other players. So just try to be the best version of you. And how we hold ourselves back is we try to be perfect. Kevin and I messed this up today. And we don't know how to bring Amy back in the room without bringing her on screen. I realized what it was in, in retrospect. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, we screw up regularly, regularly, but we just keep coming. And so I was challenged for one minute. We gave a speech recently. First time we ever did a podcast speech in person. First time we've ever both spoken together in a high school. First time we've ever spoken on the same stage together at the same time simultaneously. And we did an experience review on the car ride home. Full hour. We came up with seven wins and 16 losses. Next time, we'll probably have eight wins and 15 losses. The time after that, it'll be nine and 14. The point is just fail forward. Um, perfect is silly. Progress is everything. Last one. I'll do it real quick because real quick is, is definitely a specialty of mine. Don't ever stop looking in the mirror. Don't ever stop trying to grow. The second you stop trying to grow is the, st is the second you start to shrink. It just is the way it is. Um, you can leave a, you know, I have, we have desks in this office. If I leave this desk and never come back to it, it's going to get covered with dust. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any shinier. What you work on improves. So don't ever stop because that's the biggest way you can hold yourself back is saying, I'm good enough. Now you're good enough intrinsically, but we always want to make sure we're working on ourselves because no matter where there is Alan, I don't know if you know this or not, there is a next level.
Always. There is a next level. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.